welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how are you? I am doing pretty good. It's been a while, but I'm excited to be back and hanging out with you on this podcast, talking to all these great people. What about yourself? You bring up a good point. We are back. We left. We disappeared, but uh, we've been returned. We we were rejected, and now we're back. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't make very good money when we left, but we don't make very good money now either. Yeah, that's, well, off of this, if that's what you're talking about, I agree. But uh, now, it was good to uh, take a little break. A lot of stuff happened. Uh, I, to answer your question immediately, I'm doing good. Uh, but over the last little while, being here in the Northwest, there's been a lot going on. I'm sure everyone that listens is aware of it. Uh, but between fires and protests and just kind of everything going on, we kind of took a break and, and decompressed and had some time to uh, to refocus, and really, at least what I figured out is I miss our chats, man. I miss doing this, so we're back. Well, that's what we started this all for. I mean, we were having conversations in the parking lot, and then we go out for lunch, and everybody was asking us if we were on a podcast, and I don't know, this is a, might as well be meeting and recording it at least uh, i guess uh, some people like to listen into it i don't know but uh but i do i enjoy it we have a good time and get to talk about some pretty cool topics so i can't complain about that so it's been a few weeks man what have you been up to well you know i'd love to say that i worked on the motorcycle i did uh, you know i ordered parts and they didn't pan out uh, didn't didn't get any of those but uh well at least they're on back order found some other alternatives on what I could do, but it kind of just put that project on hold and considering it's the end of the riding season or at least nearing it for what I would typically ride at least, then uh, I ended up blowing my money on some parts for a Jeep pickup. So I've been working on that lately and kind of getting some stuff gathered up. So going to do an axle swap, put a three quarter ton running gear underneath it and kind of beef it up a little bit, full float rear end. and It'll be a good upgrade. So you're building a, a bike hauler, but you don't have a bike to haul. Yeah, you know, one could say that. And, and if I do lift it, it'll actually be more difficult to get a bike in. But uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a cool rig. I'll give you that. I could put the K, I could still put the KLR in it, but it's not quite ideal. But anyway. So kind of been reorganizing the carport garage shop area that I have and moving some stuff around, trying to get rid of some stuff, kind of clean up, got a bunch of crap that just needs to be taken to the dump. Took one load during the fire and was the last guy that uh, was able to do a drop off there at the (laughs) Sandy transfer station before they all went running for the hills because it went to level two. I thought it was a little premature. They were pretty excited about everything, but uh, I'm like, I just want to get rid of this crap out of the back of my rig. <laughs> so, I mean, it was nice. The guy helped me unload it. You know, I can't complain. He, he was trying to rush. But, uh, yeah, just kind of doing a little bit of cleanup, reorganizing, moving some stuff around so I can actually start cleaning up the axles and start disassembling and 
replacing brakes and some wheel bearings and other things. So it'll be fun. Be a nice uh, winter time project in addition to everything else that I have. But the nice thing is, is I can do it all while it's on the ground and the Jeep is still running and it's driving and there's nothing really wrong with it other than that I'm trying to upgrade it. So, I mean, I've got a whole nother transmission, another transfer case and front and rear end. And, and so I can rebuild them all if I wanted to. And I don't have to, you know, take down the Jeep pickup motorcycle hauler while I'm doing it. So that's kind of nice. That works. What about yourself? What have you been up to? Oh, oh I, a few things and, and not much all at the same time. But uh, no, I had some time to go through, get the bike uh, track prepped and then was oh, uh, yeah. basically smoked out. They, uh, they canceled oh, due yeah. to the fires and all of that. And then I think that's kind of the last time we talked was was the week before uh, before track day. So that was the intention was to kind of speak with people at track and have that conversation and, and jump forward from there. And with the fires and everything happening, we kind of just took a break. Right, because we were going to do an episode just about track prep, and that didn't pan out either. That's true. So yeah, we've uh, we did all that. They've actually postponed and rescheduled. So this weekend, I'll be able to get back out on the track. I'm stoked <laughs> about that. It happens to be about the only other weekend, really, until until Thanksgiving that I have readily available. So worked out okay. Their rescheduled timing works well for me, so I'll be there. But uh, it'll be uh, an interesting. Interesting adventure. I think we'll probably have limited numbers. Sounds like the number of people signing up, or at least that can reschedule and, and automatically be entered into this group, is a little slimmer. Uh, so there's conversation. We may have a number of walk-ins, or it might just be a smaller group. When you're kind of getting better and using, I, I know through MotoFit Group, it's kind of a training and a learning and being a better rider in general type type track day type group. So. I think there's some benefit to having a few less people, but it's also fun to pass people when you can. So we'll see how it turns out. We'll see We'll see what it's like. Uh, hopefully it'll be a normal track day experience that I can report on. Uh, if not, we'll definitely uh, have an honest conversation about what it ended up being. Right. And it should be maybe even a little cooler than it would have been. So that could be nice. I mean, just trying to look at the positives of rescheduling. Yeah, I think weather's supposed to be really nice. Uh, here in the Northwest, we're getting uh, probably a good talking point, but we're getting a weird warm front uh, middle or I guess beginning here of October that we're expected to have, you know, late spring, early fall slash summer type weather uh, where we're really going to be in the mid 80s for a couple of weeks now. While I hear the East Coast is getting the opposite, they're getting a, a cold snap through there that they may even get snow this early. So, cool. um, Fortunately for track day reschedule, that works really well for me that it'll still be, you know, probably cold nights being that it's October, but, um, you know, good, good track temperature, good dry days, warm enough track where you can get good traction on the tires. So, uh, it'll work out all right. I'm not, not too worried about it. I'm getting excited here to, to load up Friday and, and roll out. So it should be, uh, plenty of, plenty of learning, plenty of opportunity to, grow and do something new and different and kind of have that experience. So I'm excited about that. So um, what did you do to prepare? Oh, what did I do to prepare? So there's a couple things. So I'm running, you know, beginner, first time track noob 
whatever you want to call it. They call it the green group there, but I'll make fun of myself in a hundred different ways while I'm there, I'm sure. Um, but to get ready, really, it wasn't too bad. Now, it, it depends on your bike. So on a rough, broad, everybody going to a track day, really, there's there's four big things you have to do. You got to make sure you have sufficient gear. And really, that doesn't, for a new new rider and for most green group or basic um, basic groups, what you need is a jacket and pants that doesn't for a green group, at least with where I'm going, doesn't have to be a leather suit. Doesn't have to be a one piece. You know, you don't need to be race ready because it's a learning group. You're not expected to go out there and do crazy stuff because you really shouldn't. If you're signing up for green group or beginner group or whatever your local track, uh, track provider is doing. Uh, so you need gear, some form of gear, boots, jacket, pants, gloves, and a, Official helmet, right? DOT approved, bare minimum. Okay. Second, uh, second thing that that is highly recommended, and these next two kind of go in, uh, you know, go go hand in hand. Uh, but you'll need brakes and tires. So, you know, green group or kind of a two day track day, you're not going super insane. You don't need you know slicks. You don't need race tires, but you need capable tires. You can look online and you can find plenty of guys that do a track day, you know, on YouTube on their Tiger Adventures with Anarchy 3s, right? With guys that have somewhat off-road oriented tires but are street based in uh, in form and they do fine. So you don't necessarily have to have race tires. Right. You need good tires. of the bike and its configuration, sure. Yep, and when you're again, if you're, you know, if you've got a track bike and you're in the the race group, you probably should have tires that can compete with the other leader bikes that have been racing for five to 10 years, right? Those guys are going to move. You don't want to get left behind because you've got cruddy tires. You also don't want to be a liability because you've got bad tires. And along those lines, you know, for brakes and tires, you want to make sure you've got plenty of life left in both. Uh, well over 50% tread would be my, uh, my recommendation. Uh, there's not really a hard and fast rule on the setup or on the tech inspection that I'll have to go through. Uh, other than having capable tires, but more than 50% tread would be definitely uh, a good option. If you have new, uh, you know, new tires are going to be much better off than having older, balder tires because the older tires get the more slippery, right? The more slimy they get. So you want to make sure you've got good traction, especially if you're going to try to push it and learn and, and kind of take yourself to the next level. You want good rubber and you want to be able to stop. So brakes are another important thing. I've got a good example of that is I've got probably 50% brakes left. So just in case, I mean, that's an easy swap. Just in case I bought an extra set that I'm bringing with me and I can swap out in five minutes uh, if need be. But I believe they'll have more than enough. But I don't know, right? I've never done it before. So bringing enough to go. So you bought a second bike altogether just in case. I know. I wish. That would be nicer. <laughs> but uh, no. So brakes, tires, gear. And then really the other thing that you want to do, and all of them will require, especially if you're going in a green group or you're bringing your normal daily rider or your you know, weekend warrior bike, is you got to cover your lights. Uh, no glass uh, available. So for me, that ended up being a bit more of a job where I had to remove the lights from the buckets, pull the, the, the bulbs out of the sockets, because there's not really an easy way to disconnect the front two headlights uh, on my bike. So I had to go through and actually disassemble the front headlight assembly and pull the bulbs 
uh, reassemble everything and I'll still tape up the glass because you can't have, right, If you, should you go down, should something happen, you don't want that to, uh, to be a problem or to cause, uh, cause issues um, on the, you know, for safety for anyone else. The other, uh, the other big point there is that you'd want to, uh, you know, to, should I not be able to get the bulbs out, you want to cover up that light because you don't want that behind you. You don't want the shiny bits uh, available. So I had to also unplug my, my rear tail light. Now that worked well to where it's just a, a plug. You can unplug it and it doesn't affect the starting system or anything like that. Uh, a lot of bikes, you can just remove the fuse to the lights. That works uh, on my bike for whatever reason that is actually associated with the starter circuit. Oh, cool. So if you do that, you can't start your bike. You could unplug the fuse once it's running, but should the bike die for some reason or another, you couldn't get it going again without that fuse. So it was just worth doing it right and pulling the bulbs from my end. Yeah, so that sounds like you had to do a little bit of bike prep to get this uh, ready. All things that you can uh, revert back to uh, OEM design intent so you can drive it on the, ride it on the street. But uh, a little bit of time had to go into getting this ready and understanding what the bike it, You'll be faster at it next time you have to do it, but still... Uh, it's good to know that it uh, does require you to set it up. Is a lot of that just for um, removing distractions that the other drivers would um, have to deal with? Yeah, for the lights, a lot of it is is both distractions and then safety. If they, if you have glass lenses, it's 100% safety-based. Um, but yeah, removing that distraction of lights flashing or, or things like that, uh, you don't want any of that to be, you know, to be going off while you're riding, you don't want that to to be something that that might catch attention while somebody's focusing on on the right line or whatever they're doing. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you got to be getting excited. So the only thing that you bought as extras for your bike for this track day was the brake pads. Now I I replaced all my tires, uh, but they were pretty darn close anyway. Um, I probably did it slightly early just so I was ready and, and didn't have to question or, or worry there. Um, but I was, you know, the front, my front tires were on the wear strip. They were at the replacement point. So it was kind of at the point that I couldn't be aggressive anyway. So it was time to do it. But, um, I, you know, it's debatable if I would have done it, if they had a little bit more tread or if I would have just, there is, at least with this group, there is someone at the track with the tools and capability to uh, to swap tires for a, a nominal fee. So it would have been interesting to bring a set with me and, and when they did run out, do that as well for, I think it was 20 bucks to, to mount and balance. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be too bad in the spur of the moment when you need it. Uh, so you went with the same tires that were on it? I actually didn't. Uh, so the tires that were on it, I had some good, uh, a good set of Rosso 2s, I believe, maybe 3s. I can't remember anymore. Um, on it, they were wow. good. Uh, those Pirellis were were good tires. They had good traction. I hear they're pretty good on the track. Um, but uh, you know, I, I only had them for what three thirty five, almost four thousand miles, and uh, you know they were pretty much done. And and to me, that's great that they're sticky and and really good traction and all of that. But I do put a number of miles on the bike. I mean, I just got the bike this year, and I'm already needing to replace them. Not just because of the track day, but because they were legitimately worn down, basically from our one trip. Um, and so, yeah, I went with some Pilot Road Four GTs. So it's the the Michelin 
highway tires and the GTs are kind of meant for the bigger bikes than mine, but it's the same wheels. So I kind of, we'll see. It's a bit of a gamble because I think the treads will be a bit stiffer uh, than the necessary for my bike, but it should most definitely give me a lot more tire life uh, because of that. And they're dual tread. So that stiffer treads really in the middle and, uh, you know, doing a track day will probably burn off the edges. And, and for the first time, the edges will be close to, to Warren where the middle has plenty of life. So I think it'll work out all right. Well, just after the track day, you won't be able to do anything except go straight. That's right. I'll have to yeah. even out the, uh, the, the tread by just going nothing but straight. Yeah. As soon as you have to take a turn, stop, go back the other direction. Good for a freeway, I guess. So have you taken it for a ride since you put the new tires on? I mean, that's a big change for a bike to change the tires. I have, yeah. Once I put them on, I took it for a spin around here. Um, and the, yeah, I mean, they seemed fine. They were they were fresh, so I wasn't going crazy on them by any means at that point. Uh, as you really shouldn't with any fresh tires or brakes. You should give them a little break in time. But uh, I did did take it for a ride. You know, just, just having freshly round tires again, that was... The problem is, is my tires had a good flat spot in the rear and then a good, uh, you know, the, the front tires, they kind of cut funny when, when you're using them. And because we did highway 12 through, uh, through Montana, you know, we were doing a hundred miles of corners, nothing but corners. And so, uh, wore, wore the, uh, kind of the cupping, the, the strange, strange wear that you get in the front tires on the front. So I had kind of opposite wear patterns on my tires uh, coming off. So you kind of had to fight it into a corner because it had enough of a flat spot on the rear. You know, freshly round tires just rolls into the corner so smoothly. So it'll be awesome for a track day. I mean, that in and of itself is going to be worth having that benefit where it's just going to throw itself into a corner as nimbly as can be. Um, But yeah, just riding around here, they're, they're ready to go. You know, when it comes to how sticky or whether, you know, whether they're a better track tire or a worse track tire. Really, when I'm riding on the street, I'm not pushing it to that limit. So it's hard to tell at this point. This really sounds like you should have done a DOE, a design of experiments around this. You should have been taking three different sets of tires with you to the track, had it sponsored so they would get swapped every time you go out on the track. You could have a new set of tires on there to try out and just see what really how much it really made a difference. That would have been really cool to hear about actually. Yeah. I think that would make more sense if I had a lot more track experience. I'm pretty sure no matter what I did as I swapped tires and as the days went on, my times would get better just by the sheer fact that I'm getting more and more comfortable on the track. Yeah. But you would feel the difference between the tires potentially, I guess when you get up into the intermediate class, maybe that would make a little bit more sense. Uh, I think that would be really cool though. For this, kind of the design of experiment on this is whether they last longer. And, and realistically, pushing them for a track day, if they still last longer, that's pretty pretty, uh, pretty crazy, right? And that, that's what I kind of expect is I'll get more miles out of them even after running a weekend's worth of track time, you know, 100 miles on the track. So uh, I expect that, that they will just based on the compound and, and really the, the history and, and reviews of these tires. So. I think it'll be good, uh, good change there. But that's yeah. I brought, bought extra brake pads to bring with me. Uh, you know, I got better gloves just because the gloves I had were were fine for street and and different things like that. Big long trips, really comfortable. But I think it's worth uh, having a good pair of leather gauntlet type gloves for the track, just in case. You know, your fingers are 
are pretty important to at least my livelihood. Um, so I didn't want to, you know, risk that. I thought I'd have good gloves just in case something goes wrong. Um, and then really, yeah, that's about it. I, I got new, uh, that's one thing when I took everything apart to kind of get the bike track ready, I noticed that there's some weird cracks in the housings on my stock turn signals. So I'll be trying out a set of, uh, set of, set of signals should come in, I believe this week. So nice. what I'll probably do is pull my old ones, tie away the, the harnesses and just not have signals for track day. Just because, uh, I don't think, well, one, you don't need them Two, it saves me something from taping and, and it'll look cleaner on the track. But, uh, the second I get back, yeah, instead of reinstalling the factories, I'll put some, some, uh, aftermarket signals on. Uh, it should be cool. I got some, some signals LED with uh, sequential signaling. So should be kind of a different stylistic change on, on at least how the signals work. Nice, nice. And so who else are going to be making it? I know Hot Tub, Hot Tub Daryl was going to go. Um, we have, is Dennis the Menace going? So yeah, that, that, that should be at least the crew. Uh, our listener would know would know uh, those two people. Yeah, well, what Hot Tub Daryl. What's up? Speedy Gonzalez, is he going to make it? Uh, I'd, oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he was out for this one. Um, and uh, I think for the same reason he didn't come on the ride, uh, the longer ride this year. He's kind of taking a year off to heal a little bit. Um, but yeah, we should have Hot Dub Daryl at least for one day. And then uh, Dennis will be there the whole weekend, I'm sure. Mm, nice, nice. And then it, nobody else that we would like to introduce to the podcast? Uh, not yet. I imagine we'll have some some recordings. I'll, I'll bring the mobile uh, the mobile devices here, and we'll get some uh, some conversations. And hopefully, I can get some time with Rob. Uh, he actually runs the the group there, and then one or two of the uh, the instructors. I, I plan to take some time to actually ask for some one on one training. Have someone follow me, and then follow their line. I try to take advantage of the learning opportunity that that MotoFit group really gives with this and just understand their whole dynamic there, right? More than just me getting time to go screw around on a track. I actually use the opportunity. I'll be there for two days. There should be ample time to uh, to learn and grow while I'm out there on the track. And, uh, you know, from there, we'll see, uh, we'll see what I learn. We'll see how it is. And, you know, there's other track groups. So if it's something that doesn't really fit my style, we'll try something else next time. Ooh. Yeah, no, that'd be really cool. Looking forward to hearing how this goes. Would have been nice to make it to this one, but uh, you guys are going to have a great time. You got, and it'll be a good episode. I'm looking forward to interviewing you on that one and having you put in some sound bits from uh, other stuff. I know they do some pretty cool things there, including um, a dinner where everybody kind of does a potluck. Is that out for this year? No, it sounds like it's still going. Uh, you know, one of the the big crews I know that MotoFit picks up is a, a group from Canada, so they'll they'll be out. It sounds like they go all out for the potlucks. It'll probably be just your average uh, church potluck kind of a thing, is my guess. I think the guys that that bring you know the more intricate meals aren't going to be there just due to you know international border issues right now with COVID. Um, but I think it'll be, uh, yeah, we'll still have the potluck. It'll still be the class time in between track, uh, you know, in between your session, track sessions. Uh, there's plenty of opportunity to, to chat with, with the instructors, to chat with the, uh, you know, the, the guys that really know what they're doing out there. Uh, there should be an opportunity between the two days. I plan to get, there's a, a photographer there. So plan to have, you know, some, some fun pictures of, 
of me looking much worse than I feel. I think it's always the way with the track is I'll feel like my knees are basically scraping and then I'll look at a picture and realize I'm basically still fully vertical. Um, but it'll be fun to, to talk to all the, you know, those that are there often there as well as, you know, the people that I'm pitting with. I know Daryl and I plan to pit pretty close, if not next to each other. Uh, there'll be a big group, I'm sure, up in that area in the pit in the pits that we can talk to and you know get their impressions and, and have just conversations and, and share that with uh, with our listener. No, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be really cool. That sounds like a good experience. You got a good crew going with you, so um, should be should be a fun regardless of the track time itself, and that's just going to add to it. So it'll be good. I think it'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked. I, I think it'll be fun. I think uh, you know I was really excited to last Friday, uh, loaded up, ready to go, despite all the smoke and everything, and then kind of found out Friday afternoon that that it wasn't going to happen. And so that was, uh, you know, honestly a bit disappointing just because I figured they'd tell us prior if that was going to be the case. Um, but it hasn't quite, I don't know, reset that I'm going again. So I'm, I'm sure come Friday when I'm loading up and getting ready to, to head out, it'll, it'll hit again and I'll be just as super excited as I was. Um, but once I get there as well, I'm, I'm excited to, to have that opportunity. Really a closed course environment is, you know, the safe time to, to really try to understand the real, you know, let's call them pro tips of, of riding, right? That, you know, should something happen, you can stand it up and just ride it out through the, the grass or ride it out through the, the curb, right? There's not a, a wall or a cliffside or other cars that might hit you if you have an issue and need to straighten it up and ride it out. So that'll be nice. So that's uh that's your your local news, kind of what's going on, what you're going to be doing. I mean, anything else in the motorcycle world that's uh, kind of surprised you of late? Not, uh, I don't know if there's been too much as of late that I, at least I've been uh, overly aware of. I haven't seen a lot going on, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're going to point out some article I totally missed here, but I know I you know got some time to work on the old the old Hondas as well uh out front so i've been kind of engulfed in my own little world here uh taking the time you know being locked in the house really for the last while due to smoke uh and all of that i really took some time to to get cracking on some of the projects and figure out what i want to do with them so nice so what are you going to do with those bikes if you're going to bring them up when i talk about news and you want to talk about your bikes still i get it it's fine uh, but uh, what what is the plan with those two bikes that you picked up? I think we're gonna we're gonna find somebody that's willing. They're so complete, and but also quite frankly need a lot of work. That uh, that I plan to put them back on the market, and someone that wants to restore them, I think, can have that opportunity. I, I don't think they're they're so complete and so much work that it's not worth hacking up. If you're gonna put that much work into it a complete project like that it needs to be probably brought back to its original glory the tank you know you look at it in the carbs workflow move the tank doesn't seem to have any leaks i filled it back up and after cleaning it and de-rusting it and it's not leaking anywhere obviously needs paint and some cleanup on the outside but uh, that's really the entire bike and so at least the 550 um you know has everything it needs is in pretty good shape just needs someone to really do a full engine rebuild and you know full restoration on it and it would work uh you know kind of the, we've talked about it before that was kind of intended to be uh maybe a group project or a project for uh for a commission project let's call it that 
Um, but I think that he's kind of gone a different direction in what kind of bike that he's looking for. So it's not really anything that I've got enough projects. I'll share that back out with the community, but spend some time going through it and really figuring out, you know, what's, what's golden and what needs work and, you know, all the above. So I, that's all I will say. I'm not necessarily wanting to just sit and go out, you know, spend a lot of time talking about it, but that been focusing kind of on the, the projects in my garage rather than what's going on in, in the news. But it sounds like you've got something to share. No, it's just something I haven't read into it too much, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, I've seen a few headlines that Harley Davidson has pulled out of the market in India. Did you see that? I did not. I thought that was quite interesting. Some of the headlines, one of the biggest things that they at least uh, announce is that uh, Harley is pulling out of the largest motorcycle market in the world. Now, I think that what I have seen and read about it, which is very minimal, is that they're no longer going to be manufacturing in India, but that there might be some possibilities that they would still sell in India. Now, I know that's a really weird market, one where uh, they require, from what I understand, that they are part of the design process and iteration and that they own that design to some extent. That may not be the best verbiage for that, but... I just thought that was really interesting. I mean, I mean, we know that Harley-Davidson is going through a lot of changes right now. I saw that they had a new CEO. I can't remember what her name is, but uh, but there's a few things kind of going on there that, uh, I'm, you know, we just don't really have the whole picture right now. But, I mean, they are making some serious changes. And so what's coming out of this? I mean, they're not backing out. They're not backing down. They're, what are they trying to reallocate their energy and focus towards? I think is kind of what's getting me excited, even though there's a lot of really weird stuff kind of going on. So I just didn't know if you had any insight in that. I don't. Uh, that, that's a good question, though. I know that there's always been, well, hasn't always, over the last, let's just say it, throughout this year, um, really uh, a lot of conversation on, on yeah, refocusing on what Harley, you know, their core competency, right? What Harley's good at. So I, I'm curious what that means because you can't, you know, you can't just sit stagnant. You have to bring new technology. You have to be on the, the cutting edge at some level. You know, if you sit on the same thing for five years, it's so obsolete at that point that everyone else who's sitting on a similar thing that's newer is going to take over. So we know that that doesn't mean that they're going to just go back to what they built five years ago. Yeah, we know that that's not the case. They're just focusing the market that they're going into, or at least um, the different uh, types of motorcycles that they're going to be focusing on. So maybe it's not going to be street bikes. Maybe it's going to be most all cruisers, and maybe they're going to focus in on another area where it's synonymous with Harley to some extent, right? which can be good, but in some ways we were kind of getting excited about some of the stuff that was coming out that's kind of been pushed to the side and is no longer uh, no longer being talked about anymore, right? So it's a little bit uh, you know frustrating, but I guess I was mostly just excited about some of the new things like the Bronx and others that uh, were just different. And to see what Harley's take was on that and how that coming into that sportier market was really going to maybe change the market a little bit, even if uh, even if it's quite um, obtuse to the norm. Yeah, I agree. I, I was excited to see like an adventure. You know, that's one thing that, that would set them apart from the cruiser world is kind of a cruiser adventure bike. And 
I know they still kind of haven't necessarily fully pulled that off of the conversation, but they basically, to your point, basically they have, it's not in conversation anymore. Um, yeah, that one I think is still planned from what I understand. Yeah, That's it's the still one on the table, the but no one talks about it. I mean, it has the new motor in, it has a lot of new things kind of going on with it that could spread throughout their industry and that they could filter that into maybe some of their smaller uh, 500s and 883s and other things that they have right now. So, I mean, I, I see that one still coming out. I think that they're still trying to maybe figure out how that might work out. Um, I know that, you know, you see Indian with their uh, track record on flat track, you know, Harley's not wanting to sit back and just let that happen. But at the same time, it has to make sense for them to really dive into that. And so I'm trying to uh, wrap my head around what might be going through their minds as far as the future is concerned and kind of trying to take back some of these things that are no longer as uh, synonymous with Harley Davidson as they used to be because, you know, Indians really doing a lot and kind of taking in, you know, jumping into that market and challenging Harley head on, like we've talked about in previous episodes. And so how is Harley going to really respond? They can't just keep on sending out a new news article of, well, this is our new motor that uh, we've been sitting on, but because Indian announced theirs, we'll announce ours too, right? That, that's not the kind of mentality that they need to have. They can always play the cat and mouse game and always be the second mouse gets the cheese, maybe, but I don't think that that's been working well for them in the last you know 30 years. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how this new direction, this new head of their company and all of the um, um, organization uh, actually kind of develops into something that um, Harley can start really running with and um, maybe get a little bit more energy. I agree with you. I think uh, I think that's that's at least what I'm taking from this this conversation as well is that we need to. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on what Harley's doing and see see the direction. I mean, you you do look at. I don't know, at least from my visibility, the Harley riders are, are kind of split now where you've got the younger riders that are looking to kind of push the performance, right? The, the, the hooligans on Harleys, right? Looking to wheelie and, and, and push the performance of the Harley. And then you've got, you know, the classic Harley rider that you think of that just wants to, you know, cruise the nation and long beard and, and skull cap and, and all of that. So, you know, there there is... A change, despite this conversation that you know the Harley riders or their demographic is is all kind of dying off, and they need to work on getting younger demographics. I see that younger demographic starting to pick up Harleys, um, but they're not using it in the same way. It is not the same discussion, and and I think that's what I'm curious to see how Harley maybe walks that line between the two because it is two very different worlds. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to continue monitoring. Just something that I've seen. And I hadn't sent you a news article on, so I wanted to see if you'd caught that. Anything else going on? I mean, everybody's kind of have, has little bits and pieces of news that have been coming out lately, but they're not really uh, extreme. And maybe the Harley one's not even extreme either, but I guess just the way that the headlines have been blurting out that Harley's pulling away from this large market at least makes you just kind of think, you know, what, what don't we know? And so I, I wanted to see what your perspective was on. Maybe next time you'll have a little bit more of an idea. You'll kind of think about it a little bit more, kind of put you on the spot this time. But uh, uh, pretty interesting. I like kind of getting into these conversations where we have absolutely no foundation for anything that we ever say, but uh, we have very passionate opinions that we blurt out over and over again until our listeners are annoyed. 
that's that's how we roll. We uh, that's why we do this, right? We enjoy being ridiculous and talking <laughs> about things like we know what we're talking about, even though we may have just the bare minimum. But uh, you know, that's that's most of motorcycle news these days. It's pretty rare to get something, at least from Harley, that's that's solid and and coming out. So you know, you kind of have to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new color, everyone. It's a new color. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. There's there's better news than that, but, but sometimes that's the news that we get. So you know, welcome to 2020. We've we've had very little. You know, most of the shows have been canceled. I think Sturgis was about the only big thing that happened uh, in the motorcycle world. A lot of stuff has just been kind of thrown to the wayside. So I think you know, similar to I guess what I was talking about. I think a lot of guys are working on their projects and just kind of keeping their bikes running because I, I see a lot more people out riding than talking about riding and i see a lot more people riding than wrenching because it's just it's a weird economy and people just want to go have that you know that acceptable social distance which is on the road with your helmet and doing what you love so uh, you know i think it yeah. works out every every sunny day around here i see a lot of bikes out so yeah you know, to that. No exception to that there was a lot of bikes going through sandy oregon yeah i mean that, i was seeing the same thing here and uh, you know i my hat's off. I think that's exactly what I like to see is more people riding. You know, we've talked about it before. And, and since we're back and it's been a while, hopefully we pick up a few new listeners that, you know, our, our main point is we want to share the community with people. And if you don't have an endorsement and you're thinking about it, go take the class, take a training course, at least get a feel for it and see if it's something you like. And if it's not, you tried and you can legally do it, right? If you get your endorsement, then you're good. Should should the need come up later or should you want to later, you've at least got that basic understanding of what we're talking about and the joy of riding. And, uh, you know, it's just, it can be a fun and safe experience if, if that's what we make it. So, uh, yeah, I hope we, uh, we are encouraging people to ride. I hope, uh, you know, more people give it a shot, try a track day. I'm sure next week we'll have a lot more to talk about that topic. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's fun to to come back i appreciate you joining up again brad and, and we'll keep it going from here and i know we've had a little bit of interest on the the time off there that we've had we apologize for those that are upset about it i know that's everyone uh, you know there, there were riots in the streets because we took time off yeah, look uh, at the but there was some interest in joining us so we'll we'll see what we can do for those guests and we're kind of having more opportunities to to get in the same venue as people than uh, than we were things are kind of slowing down a little bit at least as far as I've seen on the, uh, the isolation standpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And I know there's a few ways that people can uh, get connected and whether that be through uh, the social media platforms that we have, like, uh, I don't know what they are. You know them all. Why don't you stay? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there we go. Here's, here's our shameless advertising. Check us out on Facebook, <laughs> check out uh, our Patreon page. Uh, you know, all of those locations, you can always check out the website, slackermoto.com, slackermoto on Facebook. It's it's slackermoto or slackermoto radio. Either one will get you to any of those locations that we're talking about. Uh, and uh, we hope to hear from you there. Uh, your comments, uh, please rate, review, uh, share this with your friends. We're, we're looking to pick it back up and hit it, hit it hard and kind of get some of these changes we want to do uh, for the better on the podcast. But we'll need your support to do it. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And thank you for uh, for listening. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.